So let's dig in. You know, there's no greater cause, no greater cause in the world, in the universe, than to live your life for the purposes of God. To find out why I'm here, why God made people, to begin to dig into that and find that out and then to begin to live for those purposes. There's nothing higher than that. There's nothing more important than that. So in this service today, we're inviting you to become a part of the greatest cause in the world, a cause that is more significant than anything else you'll ever do, and that is the spreading of the good news of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. This church, as a matter of fact, any church, any church that believes the truth of the Bible and believes that Jesus Christ is our Savior, our Messiah, that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, that church is doing something that no other organization in the community does. Now, I want you to think about something. Think about all the organizations, all the systems we have in our world. So we got a government system. And we know how that works, the making of laws, and then, you know, we got our local government and law enforcement, and we know where the fire station is, and then we got other, we got other organizations, we got doctors we can go to when we get sick, I know all about that lately with my little deal I've been having, and then we got, um, we got uh, banks, and you know, you go into the bank and you do what you need to do there, and then you've got attorneys, and we've got, how many of y'all love grocery stores? Amen. Grocery stores, you know, where you go to get your groceries. And we've got clothing stores and department stores and Walmart and Target and Kmart. And we got all these different things. And we got restaurants. And you can just pick food. You know, I just want this tonight or I want that. So we got all these organizations, all these systems, all these different uh, services that we're offered. Listen to this. Listen to this. Here's why we're so bold about asking you to give financially to the church. Here's why we're so bold about that. I mean, if I was sitting out there and I wasn't really close to the Lord or I hadn't been in church in a while, I might be thinking, um, so why should I give my money to you? Why should I give my money to you guys? I mean, I give my money to the Red Cross, and look, the Red Cross is awesome. We team up with them all the time and serve and volunteer. They come on and have blood drives here at the church. We will not just ask you for your money. We will ask you for your blood. So we love the Red Cross. We love stuff United Way is doing. We love stuff that, you know, other organizations in the community are doing, you know, to just help people. We'll partner with them and we'll help any way we can because we want to be a community church because in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, it talks about the new church, the baby church, the first church ever to be born. Uh, um, that church was loved in the community. It says they had favor with the community. So that's a big deal for us. So I'm not putting any other thing down. Here's the deal about the church. We're the only institution. We're the only system. We're the only organization in the community that deals with eternity. Every other organization you can think of will help you with temporary things. The bank cannot help you with eternity. The grocery store cannot help you with eternity. The doctor cannot even help you with eternity. Every other organization that exists deals with temporary things. 
We're the only organization in town, not the only church, but the church is the only organization in town, the only system, the only institution in town that says we not only want to help you live abundantly in this life, but we want you to live forever in heaven with Jesus. Nobody else does that. Nobody else talks about that. Nobody else gives you the plan on how to get there, just the church. So that's why today we boldly ask you for a sacrificial offering because we're going to use that money to tell more people about Jesus. So what's life all about? I mean, why am I here on this earth? Why am I here? Let's talk about why you're here. Life is a test. All of us who have not passed and gone into the next world, we're still in the test. We're being tested. God is looking down here at us. He says, I'm watching you. Not so I can get you or so I can punish you or so I can catch you doing something wrong. But I'm watching you to see what you're going to do with the resources I've given you. You know, uh, Matthew chapter 25 says that the master gave talents and then went away. And then he said, I'm coming back to see what you did with what I gave you. So God watches us to see what we're going to do with the resources he's put in our hands. Look at this verse right here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. So, so what God does here, and he does this a lot of places in the Bible, is he uses farming. How many of y'all grew up on a farm or worked on a farm or know something about farming? Me too. So God gives what? For the farmer to what? Not to hoard, not to put in a jar and keep it on the shelf, but to, everybody say it, he also give He'll also give you seed and what? Multiply, but he won't just multiply it. You have to do something with it. He will multiply what you. <laughs> if, you put the, if you leave that seed up on the shelf, it is not going to make a crop for you. You have got to risk. You've got to risk putting it in the ground. You've got to risk that it's going to rain. You've got to risk... Any of you, you guys who are here who know anything in the world about farming, that is one of the most faith-based occupations a person can have. Because when they put that seed in the ground, it's the only seed they got. And if, if that seed don't give back to them, they're sunk. And they're not the one who makes it rain. Oh, you say, what about irrigation? Never will replace God's rain. Never. They can just do a little bit here and there. So... It's such a faith-based occupation, farming. It says, in your lives on this earth, he will what? Y'all say it louder, I preach shorter. In your, in your lives, he will. Y'all want me to stop early, I can tell. In your lives, he will increase the things you do that So what did Mary say to Jesus last week in John chapter 2? She said, well, she didn't say it to Jesus. She said it to the servants of Jesus. And who are we? Servants of Jesus. So she said to the servants of Jesus, she said, whatever he says to do, do it. That's what that means right there. He will increase 
what he approves. Whatever he says, do it. I got some quotes I picked up this week. I love this one. It says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Another writer said, people are not remembered for the things they received. People are remembered for what they give away. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, I can't do it this year. I can't do it this year, but I'm planning on doing it next year. How many of y'all know next year there'll be a reason not to do it too? I'm going to wait until, until things are better. I'm going to wait until times are better. I'm going to wait until the economy's better. I'm going to wait until I get that raise. In other words, when God does this, then I'll do this. But what's God's system? God's system is backwards. God says when you do this, when you take a step of faith, when you invest that seed, when you put that seed in the ground, then I'm going to make that seed grow. But you've got to move first. You know, there's scripture in the Bible that says, if, if you'll draw near to me, what does God say? If you'll draw near to me, me then what? I'll draw near to you. We've got to make the first move. We've got to make the first move. So if you're saying, I'm going to wait, and God, when he does this, then, look what it says in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. And he was what kind of man? Wise. So I would pay attention if I were you. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. You can't wait for perfect conditions. You can't wait for perfect conditions. So we want the bridge. Well, we want it for our individual lives, and that is to be Christ-like. I want to be more Christ-like. So if I'm more Christ-like, and you say you want to be more Christ-like, and you're more Christ-like, guess what's going to happen to the bridge? It's going to be more Christ-like. As a church, we want that. One of the ways... One of the ways that you become more like Jesus is you become, and, and listen, <laughs> we don't mind if the preacher preaches on just about anything else as long as he'll stay off this subject we're on today. I'll volunteer, I'll serve, I'll blah, 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 I'll do, I'll call, I'll write cards, I'll change barn burner diapers in the nursery, I'll do whatever. But when we talk about money, people Y'all know what it means in the South to bow up at somebody? So we, and the Bible says that. The Bible says that. The Bible says when you, when you talk to a man, you talk to a man just about anything, but when you talk about money, argh, it gets defensive. So, so if we want to be like, if you look at me and go, I want to be more like Jesus, I want to be more like Jesus, and if I look at you and I use my spiritual voice and I'm telling you, I want to be more like Jesus, then one of the things I've got to do is look at my generosity level. Because to be like Jesus, you've got to be radically generous. The Bible says that Jesus willingly laid down his life so that we could have eternal life. That's as generous as it gets right there. So if we want to be like Christ, we have got to be more generous. Look what it says. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians Let's go to chapter 8 and verse 5. Second word is really important. They. Let's try it again. They. Third word. Fourth word. Boom. That's a, that's a contemporary way to say amen. They first gave 
How many of you know God does not need your money? How many of you know God has all the money he needs? He wants you. They gave themselves when? First. They first gave themselves how? See, see, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, where we say, God, I'll do this, 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 and this. Just keep your hands off my money. And then we'll even go to the next level where we'll say, okay, you can have my money after, God, you do this. See, that's reservedly. That's, you're being, you're reserving. You're saying, God, I'll obey you, but I got some conditions you got to meet first. They gave themselves how? To and then the other giving, so, so the first sentence deals with their heart. They gave God their heart. Then the other giving, that is the, the money giving, <clears throat> flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. So when they got right with God, the result was they were generous with their stuff. They were generous with their material stuff. Here's another quote for you. If you start living for God's purposes, you will have to start giving to God's purposes. So today our church family is obeying God by giving a tithe. We're testing God today. Malachi 3, Malachi 3, test me. God's up in heaven going, bring it, bring it, bring it. Test me. Pay the tithe and watch what I do. It's the only place in the Bible he says, test me. Only place in the Bible he goes, come on, bring it, cross the line, cross the line. Draws the line, the same goes, cross that line, see what happens. Test me. So that's what we're doing today. We're asking everybody to test God, obey God, and tithe, and then see what happens. Then we want to hear your stories because there's going to be a lot of stories. A lot of stories are going to come from this, so we want to hear those. Now, what I want to do now in, in bringing this to a close to where the song is that's going to bless your heart is I want to look at an Old Testament prayer that David prayed when the people, when they were going to build the temple and they were going to bring their offering to the temple. I want you to look at this prayer David prayed. Let's go to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 28, and let's begin with verse 9. And guys uh, up there doing the slides, just go right to the next slide when I get to the end. The people were what? Overjoyed. Now, when you give, the Bible says give with what kind of heart? Give with a cheerful heart. Now, I just want to make something real clear. We will take uncheerful money. Because it spends just like cheerful money. We want you to be blessed, though. And for you to be blessed, you've got to be happy about giving. You say, well, I ain't there yet. But you'll get there. But you'll get there. The Bible says the people were what? But they weren't overjoyed that they were giving yet. I'm sure they were, but that isn't what this is talking about. They were overjoyed that the... So if I'm out there where you are in the chair, I got a question. What you giving, Pastor? What you giving? I'll tell you what I'm giving. My wife's sitting right there. Looking fine. Mm -hmm. We might have to skip football this afternoon. Get some Krispy Kreme donuts. All right. 
That's code. All right. Y'all some donuts, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Where, what was, where was I at? What was I? <laughs> the people were, oh, oh, what am I giving? Oh, I'm giving Krispy Kreme donuts. That's what I'm giving. I'm, uh, I'm giving, um, we're going to give the biggest offering today we've ever given to the, to the church. I've been the pastor of this church uh, coming up next June, be 24 years. We're giving the biggest offering today we've ever given to the church as a family. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And our, our staff is giving today a big offering. Our elders, our church board, they're giving a big offering. Our ministry directors are obeying. Um, our owners are obeying. And I believe people who haven't even become owners, and we, call, we don't call our members members, we call them owners. And let me just tell you why, if you're new, members have rights, but owners have responsibility. So we take in owners here. We want you to own it, own the vision, own where we're going. So, so they're going to be getting, and then other people who haven't even become owners yet, they go, this is my church. I haven't stood up on the stage and become an official owner yet, but this is my church. They're going to be doing it too. So the Bible says the people were overjoyed that the leaders gave. How did the leaders give so? And wholeheartedly to the Lord. In other words, their whole self was in it, man. They were happy to give. And really, what this shows is a, a worship. See, we think, a lot of us think the offering, how many of y'all have gone to churches where you worship and then you stopped worshiping and took up the offering? Y'all been to churches like that? I gotta tell you, we've done it like that here, but we don't anymore. Worship and the offering, the, look, when you're giving your offering, when you're giving your time, that is worship. That is worship. It says, King David, so the king... He was also overjoyed, and he praised the Lord. See the worship? While the whole assembly watched their leader praise the Lord. Look at the next one. David said, now he's going to begin to pray. He's going to begin to talk to God. Look what he says to God. He says, God, greatness, power, glory, splendor, majesty, all those are yours. All those are yours, Lord. Because how much? Where? And where is whose? The kingdom is yours, Lord. And you are honored as head above how much? Next slide. The rule, you rule how much? You hold power and strength in your hand, and you can make anyone great and strong. You remember how I talk about how you, you say, well, you know, we got a bad economy. The economy's not just here bad in America. It's bad around the world. So, you know, uh, it's just going to be bad. It's just going to be bad. Here's what you need to understand. He has, he holds all power and all strength in his hand, and he can make anyone great and strong, and that means he can move money anytime he wants to, anyhow he wants to. And I'm telling you, if you think your source of being taken care of is going to be um, whether or not the economy's good, you're going to be tore up all the time. You're going to be nervous all the time. So you can't do that. So he goes on in his prayer and says, so our God, we what? 
When you give your offering, not just today, but every Sunday, you're saying this to God. You're saying, God, thank you, and we praise your wonderful name. And David says, but who am I? And who, who, who is Pharaoh Hardison? And who is the bridge that you give to us? How? So generously. God, we've recognized something here at the bridge. Everything comes from you. And we, what we give you, what we will give in this offering today, only come, is only what comes from your I mean, the part we're going to walk up here today, don't you be, don't you be um, prideful today. The part you're bringing up here today, it's already his. It's already his. I mean, anything you give, anything you bless somebody with, God gave you that to bless them with. If you write a card to Pastor Andrew and Nicole and tell them how much you love them, God gave you the intellect to do that, the strength to do that, the money to buy the card and the stamp and Stamps keep going up, you're going to need to get a loan. But anyway, God gave you all that. Anything you do to give to somebody else, anything that pours out of your life, God gave that to you to bless somebody. Isn't that amazing? We came up with nothing. I think there's one more slide. Is there? No, there's not. Okay, there's not. But I know whatever that next verse is, is really good. But we're just not going to do it. So what's this offering for? What is the offering for? The offering, ultimately, quick answer, is to send out the gospel. To have ministry going on on this campus, and we also have a campus in Goldsboro that meets what night? What time? Same sermon, same music, same children's ministry at the other campus. We found out that some people can't go to church on Sunday, so we have a Thursday night service. We do Sunday morning on Thursday night. That's cool right there. And we pack that house out too, every Thursday night. I'm the preacher, same worship band. So, so when we look at, when we look at the reason for this offering, it is to proclaim the gospel to the people who come to our church. Then we think about outreach, so it's to proclaim the gospel to the people outside our church. Then it is our responsibility to proclaim the gospel around the world. And I have good news for you, Bridge. You are having a world impact like you've never had before. This church is impacting the world with the gospel in a way you've never in all your history. Now, let me tell you something about, about this church. This church has always been missions-minded, but you're doing more for missions now than you've ever done in your history. You're reaching out to more people around the world than you've ever reached out to before. And I just, I just stand to honor you today. And thank you for what you've done. But what specifically, Pastor, <clears throat> will we do with this offering? I mean, you know, if I were new to this church and I drove up, I see a well-manicured lawn. I see a nice sign. I see a, a nice church out on the main road and then a bigger church behind it. And on behind the bigger church, I see this uh, um, a fort for the boys like scouts, but it's called Royal Rangers and it lifts up Jesus, and then I see this other big metal building called the Carpenter's House where our student ministry meets. I see this other big metal building that just holds our stuff. I mean, you've got to have a place for your stuff. 
And then I see this brick building back here, and I go, what is that? And that's just for girls? That's for girls' ministry? So if I were new to this church, I would go, man, I, they got everything they need. They got everything they need. I don't think they really need anything. Let me tell you something. We have a vision and a dream for the future that we need faithful giving right now so that the current dream can become a reality. But I'm telling you, let me just tell you some stuff that's coming down the road. Um, so you saw the pictures while Pastor Andy was up here of what we're doing with children's ministry. And let me just say this, as long as I'm the senior pastor of this church, I want you to understand something. We're going to always have children at the top of the priority list. Always, always, always. Amen, amen. Now, I don't know what your next guy's going to do, but I think you're going to probably ask him before you let him be your senior pastor, and you're going to want to hear him say children, because children, buddy, it's about the kids. Here's what we found out. Don't tell their mom and dad, but let me just tell you something. We found out when you touch the kids, you're going to get a chance to touch mom and dad. Matter of fact, all those beautiful environments over there that y'all saw in the pictures, we know what you think when you walk in and see that. You go, oh, they love my little Johnny. Can I tell you little Johnny don't care about that stuff over there? Let me tell you about little Johnny. If you've got goldfish, he's in. <laughs> but we want to send a message to you moms and dads that you're coming to a church that doesn't just say we value children. We put money where our mouth is. I got to tell you something, man. When we built this church, do y'all realize, realize, I think in a couple weeks, that we're going to have been in this church one year? Is that right? A couple weeks, three weeks, something like that? It's amazing. It's really amazing. Let me tell you something. We talked about when we built this building, we talked about, man, when we build that building, I mean, this is how much faith your leaders have. Man, it's going to be a long time before we can do anything else. Because, you know, God's poor. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how we were talking. I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, man, well, you know, I want to get the kids' church over there, and I want to turn that whole building into a kids' wonderland. And, and uh, we were like, well, maybe, you know, three years, five years, something like that. I don't, know, I don't know how in the world Jim Gilligan did it. I really don't know how he did it. Because how many of y'all know that when we built this building, the mortgage payment went up just a little bit? <laughs> did y'all know that when we built this building, shock, shock, the light, the electric bill, the power bill, it went up a little bit. Insurance went up a little bit. Maintenance went up a little bit. All kind of stuff went up when we built this building. Took a lot of money. You guys stepped up, stepped up, got it done. And here we are, not even a year later. And did you see the pictures of what that building's being turned into? I got to tell you something, man. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You ought to give your executive pastor, Jim Gilligan, Give him a big hand. I don't know how he did it. I really don't. He comes in my office and sits down and goes, Pastor, what's God saying? What's God telling you? What's, what's next on the agenda? What's the most important thing? What we got to do? And I said, well, Jim, I, I want to see this, and I want to see this, and I want to see this. And I'm even like, but man, I know how things are, and I know it's tight. And he said, Pastor, you just leave that. And he prays, and he gets his team to pray. 
And I walk over there one day, honestly, guys, I didn't even know what was going on. I walk over there one day, new carpets down, cool environment. So, so when parents walk in, they go, this church values children. How about that stage where Pastor Jared and his team built that stage? Let me tell you something. We are so blessed to have Pastor Jared. And we are so blessed um, to have his creative team. Amanda, his wife, so creative. We're, we're blessed to have them because I got to tell you, if we had to hire a company, there are companies that will come in and turn your building into a children's wonderland. They'll really, but man, do you know what that cost? It's unbelievable what it costs. We got a man right here on staff who has the vision. I don't know how he's able to do it. He has a vision where he's able to see it, where he's able to put a team together. They see what he sees, and they're able to make things happen like we have over there. I'm telling you, that stage over there at that kid's church right now, that stage, if you'd have brought in somebody to design that and build that, I, I believe it would have been tens of thousands of dollars. If you knew what Jared built that for, you wouldn't even believe it. I mean, do y'all like the stage up here? Isn't this just beautiful up here? Do you know what that is on the wall right there? Styrofoam bowls. Yes, it is cool. Isn't that cool? I walked in, and first thing I thought when I saw that was, how did we buy them? How much did that cost? And Jerry goes, well, how much is a styrofoam bowl? I said, like a penny? He said, less. And I walked up there, you, that's not true. You know, I just... That's creativity. That's God taking something that, that is cheap as dirt and giving a guy the gift to make it just. Don't y'all love the fact that when you walk in here, the stage don't always look the same. It takes on new background so it's not boring. It doesn't get dull and drab and dreary. And I just love him for that. So children, 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 and, and different environments. And then I asked Pastor um, uh, Josh Overton, Josh, what, what do we need in student ministry? And guess what? He, he told me some stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, ch youth pastors, I don't care what you give them, it ain't enough. It's never enough. They want more. I need more, you know. Uh, they're visionaries. And so we're always teasing about that. He said, Pastor, here's what we need. And this is middle school and high school. Middle school meets in the second service. Right now, middle school's meeting. That's when our middle school ministry meets, over at the Carpenter's house. So if you've got kids in middle school, they're welcome to check it out. You can go over there with them, check it out. Um, and then our high school ministry meets on what night? Wednesday night. And so he says, Pastor, the majority of the equipment that we use in media and sound, you know, audio and visual, is, is sort of a lot of hand-me-down stuff. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. And it's really old. He said, and the worship band, I'm just letting y'all know what we need. The worship band needs these in-ear monitor systems, which would drastically improve the quality of our music. He said, most of the lights that we have over there uh, need to be replaced. He said, these are just some things we need. Now, but let me tell you, before he gave me the needs list, he wrote me a paragraph this long talking about how thankful he was to have what he had. Okay, I mean, I love that heart right there, don't you? He said, Pastor, before I tell you what I wish I had, before I give you my wish list, he said, I just want to tell you how much I thank you, how much I thank the staff, <clears throat> how much I thank the church for all the things you've given me to work with over there. But he said, if I had these things, I could upgrade. I could go to the HNL. What does that mean? 
whole nother level. And so, so he said, and then I want to add some areas outside for sports and outdoor lighting. He said, because people come, he said, my kids come early on Wednesday night just to hang out and they play sports out in the yard. He said, so I'd like to have some outdoor, more outdoor lighting and create some fields, sport fields. So what that tells me is we need more what? L-A-N-D. We need more land. Now, I've talked to all the people around us who own land that touches this land, and none of them are interested in selling it. How many of y'all know God can change their mind? How many of y'all know God can change their mind where they'd be interested in selling it at a reasonable price? Amen? Amen? Can I ask you something today? Can I ask you something? And don't you forget this. Will y'all pray? Will y'all pray with me right now that God will open a door where there seems to be no door? Because I'm telling you right now, we need 10 more acres right now, right here on this campus so we can make fields and we can make places for our kids that they don't have to go hang out the wrong places. We can create such an environment here that they don't only want to come here and be in this environment themselves, but they want to bring all their friends to this environment. Are y'all with me out there? That's our goal. That's our vision. The other thing, and then I asked Pastor Jimmy if he needed anything. Big mistake. Big mistake. Because Pastor Jimmy always needs something. He said, Pastor, I just tell you, I need a truck. I need a big old truck. I said, what are you talking about? He said, man, we are pulling the soup kitchen trailer on the van, and the van is not equipped to pull that soup kitchen trailer. He said, we're killing our van. We're messing our van up. He said, I need a big old truck to pull that trailer. And while you're at it, the trailer ain't in real good shape either. <laughs> he said, Pastor, I want to feed those people at the soup kitchen. And pastor, I want to be able to go set up an evangelistic crusade. I want to be able to help, uh, you know, other ministries in our town that are trying to do good things. I want to help other churches. He said, Pastor, you know, there are other churches, and they like to do things too, but they don't have resources. He said, so I'll just let them know, hey, man, if I can help you pull off your event, we want to bless your church too because we want your church to be successful. How many of y'all know we're all in the same family? We're all in the same family. And Pastor Jimmy will pull his trailer and he'll pull his equipment down there and he'll set up and he'll help a little church somewhere because we used to be a little church. And he'll help a little church somewhere who doesn't have many resources and they want to pull off a big event and get some people to come notice them and find out where they are and meet their pastor. And, find out. and Pastor Jimmy will pull up there and do it for nothing, for zero money. He said, so I need a truck, Pastor, and I need a trailer. I said, well, what you doing? I mean, what do you do? You doing anything? And he said, well, he said, we go to the soup kitchen every week, and we don't care what the weather is, and we don't care if it's a holiday. We go to the soup kitchen every week. I think that's awesome. He said, we're reaching out to four different prisons. He said, we partner with a lot of different community organizations and assist them so they can pull off their events with excellence. He said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this, but I've built a team of 400 volunteers. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? He said, Pastor, I just want to tell you that since January of 2013, we have ministered to over 7,760 people, and we've seen over 100 people commit their life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Awesome. So then I talked to Pastor Andy. I said, Pastor Andy, are we helping people who've lost their job and people who are sick and people who've gone through huge crisis in their family or crisis in their life? He said, Pastor, we've assisted over 200 families since January and we've given over $20,000 in assistance. 
So I go to Scott and Sherry, and I say, Scott and Sherry, what's happening with marriage? What's happening with our family life ministry? What's happening? What can I tell the people? Where's their money going? He said, Pastor, we have canceled, since January, we have canceled over 70 couples who were having trouble in their marriage and 30 individuals for various um, uh, issues they were dealing with, we counseled with them. He said, we just had Art of Marriage Conference at the Goldsboro campus. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you that 71 people showed up, six people gave their heart to Jesus, and 40 rededicated their life to God. He said, we've partnered with other churches in the community to bring more than 20 Art of Marriage conferences to our community. Now, here's something else we believe in. Look, we're not the only church in town, and we don't believe we're the only church in town. He said, Pastor, I want you to know that we have teamed up with Bethel Church. Do we love Bethel Church here at the bridge? We love Bethel. He said, we've teamed up with Bethel Church, Living Waters Church, Living Waters he said, and we are going to bring a brand new conference into our community, just like Art of Marriage, but this one is called Smart Step Families. How to help step families. Amen, I hear you out there. Step families, and we're going to begin that in 2014. Hallelujah, that's awesome. So then I went to Pastor Jeremy, and I said, Pastor Jeremy, is anything happening at Goldsboro campus? He said, Pastor, we've decided we're going to go to Sunday morning." at the Goldsboro campus. Now, I know you're sitting out there going, how in the world are you going to have church here and there? Just watch. <laughs> you just watch us. As a matter of fact, we're going to start with one service on Sunday morning, and we're going to, not long after that, it'll be up to two services. And not long after that, we're going to have to find another building because that one ain't going to get the job done in Goldsboro. Can I get a hallelujah out there? Amen. Isn't that awesome? So what about this campus? Well, I'll talk to you. We need additional land here. We want to do a better job discipling new Christians, and we, want, we need additional classroom space. Um, ladies, I believe you would agree with me. We need some more paved parking. <laughs> Amen. Paved parking. And so these are just some things we need. Let me just illustrate a little bit about giving. I'm going to ask uh, Caitlin to come up here. Caitlin Brink's going to help me. She's going to walk up here. I just want to do a little demonstration about giving. Then we're going to take our offering. All right? Caitlin, what's up? How old are you, Caitlin? 13, 13 years old. Wow. If your daddy gets a big stick and gets up on the front porch, dares any guy to come up there. Um, so, Caitlin, have you got a dime? Okay, let me give you a dime. Here's a dime. And that's your dime. All right? So what I want you to do, because here's what happens. Here's what happens. Let's see if we can get over here in some light. Get right here. So here's what happens. You got money. God gives you money. God gives you resources. And, uh, and then God watches to see what you're going to do with that dime. So if you hold it really, really tight, see, God's up in heaven, and he wants to bless you. So God, God goes... God goes, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bless you, so I'm, I'm pouring down some stuff here, but it just is not, it's, well, you, you, get the, you get a little bit of it, but you're not able to be blessed nothing, anything at all, like I want you to be blessed. If you wouldn't hold it so tight, I could just bless you. And, and so God just keeps trying to bless her, but she's just got such a tight grip on, on what he's already given her, and she's afraid she's going to lose it, and she's afraid. That she, but God still keeps blessing her. See, some of it even catches, 
And he's, how many of you know God blesses you when you're a tight one? He still blesses you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Don't point at anybody in the church. Don't point. So here's what I want you to do. Now I want you to hold your hand open. So, so when you hold your hand open, you've got all this money that came, came and it stuck and it stayed. And now your hand's open. So now God's trying to bless you because you don't hold on to everything so tight. And then look, look how much stays because you realize, you know what? This isn't my money and I'm going to quit holding on to it so tight. But then there's a whole nother level, a H&L. And God says, if you start giving it away, I'm going to pour so much in there that you can't even keep up with me. So I want you to give that away. I want you to give that away. All right, now give it away. Give it away. Give it away. You got to give it away. All right, cat, give it away. And, it, and then God just keeps pouring it, and you keep trying to give it away, and you can't give it away fast enough because God is just pouring into your life. And that's why some of us can't get blessed. Because we hold on so tight to what he's given us. He keeps trying to pour it in our hands, but it keeps going off like water on a duck's back when if we would open our hand, let him fill it and give it and fill it and give it, he will outgive to you. You can never outgive God. You can't give as fast as God can. You can't stay with Caitlin. That was awesome. Give it up for Caitlin right there. So what we're asking you today is not to hold on so tight.